What a Day is brought to you by Ulta Beauty. This AAPI Heritage Month, Ulta Beauty is celebrating the joy of belonging, belonging to a community composed of intricate connections, belonging to our past and our future, to the heritage and birthright that is beauty. Ulta Beauty shines a light on the AAPI community, passing the mic to brand founders and creators to tell their stories centered on heritage, joy, and beauty. They carry AAPI-owned and founded brands like Live Tinted, Peach & Lily, Glamnetic, Tree Hut, and more. Shop AAPI-owned and founded brands at Ulta Beauty Stores and Ulta.com. It's Thursday, November 17th. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And I'm Juanita Tolliver, and this is What A Day, the podcast that is working hard every day to avoid being named as a defendant in a cryptocurrency lawsuit. I mean, we repeatedly tell you we don't know what we're talking about every single time it comes up, so I don't know how it would happen. Some people are very litigious. (laughs) Disclaimers have been delivered. On today's show, the Senate narrowly advanced legislation to protect same-sex marriage, plus a conservative Christian actress is facing backlash after her remarks about quote-unquote traditional marriage. But first, the 2024 campaign season officially kicked off on Tuesday night when Donald Trump announced that he would be running for president for the third time. We said we didn't want to talk about it. Honestly, we feel the same way today, but it's in the news and this is our job. So we have to, unfortunately. Truly, we did our best to avoid it. But the man who attempted a coup and incited a violent insurrection decided to ruin primetime television in order to announce that he will continue to drag the Republican Party down with him in 2024. He made his official campaign announcement Tuesday night at Mar-a-Lago and Priyanka... How'd it go over? How was it received? Well, he uh, painted a very dark picture of our country and said he wanted to, quote, make America great and glorious again. So uh, not glorious. New tagline, everybody. (laughs) Magaga. Gag. Right. Gag is the Um, only appropriate response. Yeah. But it was described as an unusually subdued event for Trump. He mostly stuck to the script. There was only one reference to the fake news media. And speaking of, the country's three major broadcast networks, ABC, NBC, and CBS, none of them carried this announcement live. NPR did it best in my book. They tweeted the breaking news announcement, but they made sure to include that he tried to overthrow the 2020 election results and inspired an insurrection against this country's government, all in that same announcement. That should be in all the coverage of this event from now and throughout this campaign, however long he sticks around, like that should be in every single sentence we utter about this man. But my personal favorite, I will say, was from the New York Post, which is a sentence I don't think I've ever said before, but he barely made a headline on the front page. At the very bottom of the front page, it said, Florida man makes an announcement, which that's it. No contact. <laughs> that was nothing. all. And that is all. That was all. Which, I mean, Donald Trump is the quintessential Florida man. Right. And I suppose he made an announcement. So great. They did it great. Lol. And I feel like this is yet another Murdoch publication burn for Trump. So that's got to be driving him crazy. Yeah. And I would love it if we could call him Florida man for the duration of the 2024 election cycle. So he is officially Florida man on this show. When you're listening and we say Florida man, we're talking about Trump. (laughs) Apparently, during the announcement, a bunch of people tried to leave early, but security at Mar-a-Lago would not let them leave, which feels like a metaphor for how (laughs) Republicans across the board, save for Marjorie Taylor Greene, of course, have tried to distance 
distance themselves from this man. Yeah, I know. Apart from being like totally wild, definitely is. But it's not just Republican elected officials. Mega donors like Blackstone CEO Stephen Schwarzman, Citadel founder Ken Griffin, and Estee Lauder heir Ronald Lauder have all said that they won't be supporting Trump in his bid for office. Some of them have already gone so far as to endorse Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, who has not thrown his hat in the ring or indicated that he will, yet nothing official going on there. Many Fox hosts have also indicated over the past week that DeSantis is their preference over Trump, especially after these midterm election results. So (laughs) definitely something to keep an eye on. And yes, our engineer Bill is in the chat again. Other Florida man, Ron DeSantis. It's a battle of the Florida men. I don't know how I feel about it. Actually, I feel pretty bad. (laughs) We don't like it. But we touched on this yesterday, you know, just because Donald Trump has named himself a candidate now, this doesn't mean his legal troubles are going anywhere. The Justice Department is still continuing with its probes. And as a reminder, he faces federal investigations over his effort to overturn the 2020 election, which he lost, and for illegally hoarding top secret government documents at his vacation home. And uh, he also faces a state probe in Georgia. So really no shortage of action over there. This man has disrupted our peace, not only by, you know, announcing that he's running for president, it's going to be a nightmare, we get it, but like, <laughs> there are races that haven't even been called in the midterms. The midterms like, are still are, happening. They're still going on. And this man just pushed us into 2024. And for that, I mean, there's so many reasons to hate him forever, but like, just add it to the list. Add it, add to, it, the it list. to the list. <laughs> the highlight for me was Jeb Bush. Remember, Trump trolling Jeb, exclamation point. Jeb with an exclamation. Jeb Bush oh, called yeah. Trump low energy. And this man is such an easy punching bag right now. He's an easy target. And as much as I'm here for Republicans turning their back on him, history has shown us that it will not stick. So here's to the countdown until Republicans come crawling back to Trump yet again. Totally. But also speaking of events on Tuesday night, I'm sure a lot of y'all gasped like I did when World War III started trending on that bird app after news broke that Russian-made missiles struck farmland in Poland, killing two people. Well, on Wednesday, Poland, a NATO member and NATO Secretary General Hans Stoltenberg said that the strike appeared to be unintentional and was probably launched by air defenses in neighboring Ukraine. Okay, so that is a tiny bit of relief that this was not an intentional issue, but... How did Ukrainian officials respond to this update? Well, therein lies a bit of a rub. So mere hours after the missile strike during his nightly address, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky stated that Russians fired the missiles that struck Poland. And on Wednesday, after hearing this explanation from NATO, Zelensky requested a further investigation. He requested access to the site where the missiles hit. He requested all the evidence, right? Okay. So a critical piece of context here, though, is that at the time of the strike at the Poland-Ukraine border, Russia was bombarding Ukraine with a series of strikes that targeted Ukrainian civilian infrastructure, specifically their power grid. In response, Ukraine fired off a volley of defense missiles, and Polish President Andrzej Duda stated on Wednesday that it's, quote, highly probable that one of these missiles from Ukraine unfortunately fell on Polish territory, and that, quote, there is nothing, absolutely nothing to suggest that it was an intentional attack on Poland. Here's what the U.S. Secretary of Defense Lloyd Austin had to say about the incident during a press conference on Wednesday. We're still gathering information, but we have seen nothing that contradicts President Duda's preliminary assessment that this explosion was most likely the result of a Ukrainian air defense missile that unfortunately landed in Poland. And whatever the final conclusions may be, the world knows that Russia bears ultimate responsibility for this incident. 
Russia launched another barrage of missiles against Ukraine, specifically intended to target Ukraine's civilian infrastructure. This tragic and troubling incident is yet another reminder of the recklessness of Russia's war of choice. I appreciate so much that the Secretary of Defense emphasized that Russia is ultimately to blame here. Even though the investigation is ongoing, I'm sure a lot of folks, myself included, are breathing a little sigh of relief that this was not like some kind of intentional attack here. You definitely got that right. And as we mentioned on yesterday's show, if these missiles were fired by Moscow, that would trigger Article 5 of NATO's constitution. That's the part that states that an attack on one member state is an attack on all of them. And thanks to the preliminary hypothesis, that that was averted. But some are saying that this was like a fire drill exercise. It's just that we were all an anxious mess for 20 hours or so while they sorted out the details. And what seems to be an odd coincidence is that all of this happened during the G20 summit, where a number of NATO members were meeting in person in Indonesia. Needless to say, this incident upended a lot of their planned business as the leaders held an emergency meeting. Yeah, I can imagine this was not what they thought that they were going to be talking about, nor what they wanted to be discussing. Right. And even with this momentary sigh of relief, Belief, there are still growing concerns about how Russia's invasion could ultimately lead to expanded conflict outside of Ukraine. Much of Europe and the world has been on edge for the past eight months since this invasion began, and that has certainly intensified after this week's incident. We'll definitely keep everyone apprised as Poland conducts this investigation, but that's the latest for now. We'll be back after some ads. What a day is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She absolutely deserves the best. And that's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, your wife, your auntie, even your granny, okay? Anyone who deserves flowers in your life. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be holiday specific. You get flowers, you're getting flowers, <laughs> everyone's getting flowers. <laughs> Go to books.com and use promo code WAD for 25% off. That is B-O-U-Q-S.com, promo code WAD, books, promo code WAD. What a day is brought to you by Fast Growing Trees. Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers. They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Plus, Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. We love Fast Growing Trees here. I keep telling you that the many plants that I've gotten from these folks are yet hanging on. Um, and that's not because I have a green thumb, Okay. This spring, Fast Growing Trees, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code WAD at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code WAD at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code WAD. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 
Stay connected this winter with this unbeatable deal from BreezeLine. Get reliable, fiber-powered internet for just $19.99 per month with all-in pricing for two years. But that's not all. Your first month is on us. This deal gets better with a free modem and installation along with free Wi-Fi your way whole home coverage. Safeguard your network from cyber threats and keep all your devices connected and secured with this amazing offer. Act now. Terms and conditions apply. Offer expires March 3rd, 2024. Learn more at BreezeLine.com. Let's wrap up with some headlines. Headlines. The Senate moved a step closer yesterday toward passing legislation to protect same-sex marriage. A dozen Republicans joined Democrats to advance the Respect for Marriage Act, clearing the threshold to break a filibuster. The idea here is to create a safety net for same-sex couples if the Supreme Court ever overturns Oberfell v. Hodges, the landmark decision that legalized gay marriage nationwide. Now, the bill wouldn't mandate that all states legalize gay marriage. Instead, it will require them to recognize same-sex marriages performed in states where it is legal. The Senate could pass the bill by the end of the week before sending it to the House, where it's likely to pass while Democrats still hold the majority for the time being, you know? Yeah, that is like the saddest statement. It's likely to pass, but just for now, just for it now. probably wouldn't if we did this a little while from now, sadly. That's exactly right. A federal judge on Tuesday struck down the controversial Trump-era border policy known as Title 42. To jog your memory, Title 42 was cast as a public health order in the early days of the pandemic, and it allowed border authorities to expel migrants trying to get into the U.S. from Mexico. Although President Biden criticized Trump's immigration policies on the campaign trail, his administration has continued to enforce this particular rule. The judge overseeing the case called Title 42, quote, arbitrary and capricious, but the order to end it won't go into effect until December 21st. The little space mission that could, NASA's Artemis 1 finally launched from Cape Canaveral, Florida, early yesterday morning after numerous setbacks. Three, two, one, boosters in ignition and liftoff of Artemis 1. You may remember we talked about the Artemis mission back in September when it was originally scheduled to launch, but after months of delays from technical difficulties and extreme weather hitting the Sunshine State, the massive rocket system finally took flight. This historic flight will put an uncrewed space capsule in orbit around the moon for the next three weeks before it returns to Earth. The mission is expected to pave the way for American astronauts to return to the moon for the first time in more than 50 years. Someone needs to update the whiteboard because it has been just zero days since the last insane update out of Twitter. Except, you know, that whiteboard has been stuck at zero. We have never gotten to one day. New CEO Elon Musk just gave the company's remaining employees an ultimatum. He demanded that they commit to being, quote, extremely hardcore, not a joke, not an exaggeration, that is a direct quote, or resign. Yikes. In an email sent yesterday morning with the subject line, a fork in the road, Musk said workers have until 5 p.m. Eastern today to decide whether they want to work, quote, long hours at high intensity to create Twitter 2.0 or take three months of severance pay. Spoiler alert, take the fucking pay. Get the fuck out of there. Cut and run. Yeah, leave. (laughs) Twitter employees who stay on can take respite in the fact that maybe, just maybe, all the chaos that they are experiencing could be temporary. Musk said yesterday that he expects to eventually reduce his time at Twitter and find someone else to run the company. There were just too many maybes in that for me, Priyanka. I feel like take the money and run is the only plausible option at this point. Get out of there. 
And send your lumps of coal to Candace Cameron Burr, the former Full House star who's appeared in dozens of Hallmark Christmas movies. She's being criticized for recent comments many have rightly called out as homophobic. Burr recently took on a new role as the chief creative officer at a faith-based cable network, Great American Family. The name alone is weird. It literally spells gaff. It spells gaff, y'all. And in an interview with the Wall Street Journal, she said she doesn't think her new channel will feature same-sex couples in leading roles, saying, quote, I think the great American family will keep traditional marriage at its core. Traditional here is being read as code for straight and more likely than not white, too. (laughs) Following widespread backlash against her comments, she posted a lengthy statement yesterday on Instagram that read in part, quote, To everyone reading this of any race, creed, sexuality, or political party, including those who have tried to bully me with name calling, I love you. DJ Tanner, girl, keep it. I don't want that. I don't want it. This woman has made it explicitly clear what she thinks of people who look, live, and love differently from her. So miss me with that weak ass statement. No interest in that. Also, just a side note here. You're an Instagram user and you go to this woman's page to see her apology post because it's in the news. You can see everybody who you follow, who you know, who follows this person. And there are too many for my comfort here. Like everyone can see. So just so you know, if you have these people, you're following them. Everyone can fucking see it. So do yourself a favor. Unfollow. This is a direct message to all of Priyanka's friends who follow Cameron. (laughs) It's all out there, guys. It's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Hate to see it. (laughs) And those are the headlines. That is all for today. If you like the show, make sure you subscribe, leave a review, send a lump of coal, and tell your friends to listen. And if you're into reading and not just New York Post headlines like me, apparently, but today is also a nightly newsletter. Check it out and subscribe at crooked.com slash subscribe. I'm Juanita Tolliver. I'm Priyanka Arabindi. And, and you, you did, did it, Artemis One. One. Blast off. No, that was really cool, though. It was. I was not expecting that. <laughs> I know. I saw we had a clip in there. I didn't know that was what the clip was going to be. Highly technical language here, right? Like, it's a serious mission. I was like, oh, cool. <laughs> What a Day is a production of Crooked Media. It's recorded and mixed by Bill Lance. Jazzy Marine and Raven Yamamoto are our associate producers. Our head writer is John Milstein, and our executive producer is Lita Martinez. Our theme music is by Colin Gilliard and Kashaka. Ready for a new and exciting career challenge? At DHL Supply Chain, you're part of a team committed to creating innovative solutions for some of the biggest brands in the world. We're recognized as a best place to work, where people are valued, supported, and respected. DHL Supply Chain is hiring for a wide range of salaried operational and functional roles. Previous experience in logistics is welcome, but not required. All opportunities, no boundaries. DHL Supply Chain. Apply today at joindhl.com. With my busy life, I use shipped same-day delivery to keep up. When I need a jar of extra creamy peanut butter delivered, I know my personal shopper Amber will come through. And if it's not on the shelf, she asks them to check the bag. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at shipped.com.